0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Marriage Talks Podcast. This is part two of a interview we did with our friends Connell and Rhonda. So if you didn't listen to last week's part one, you might be a little bit confused why we just started in the middle of a conversation. So if you haven't heard that, stop this episode real quick, download that one, listen to it, and then this one will make a lot more sense. So without further ado, here we go, part two of our conversation. Hope you enjoy.
1: What do you guys, so what would you tell your younger selves? I want to know. Like, what would you say? Oh, man.
2: (laughs) Definitely. I would echo the boundaries for sure. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely.
2: I wish that we had had the opportunity to sit down with certain people and say, look, here's the boundaries because we need to respect our marriage and Mm -hmm. we we want to have a successful relationship with you. Right. And I think that boundaries are an incredible way to do that. So I would definitely echo the boundaries um, one for sure. And I, I'm i trying to think of what another one would be. What do you think, Michael?
0: I've been thinking the whole time you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, my big thing is, I, it's hard to kind of boil down into a specific idea, but just how... It, like when you say your vows, you know that the person across from you is very important, but just, I would tell my younger self, like this person, Beth, in my case, means, is going to mean everything to you. Um, mm. You're going to wake up every day next to her and just make sure you treasure her, make sure you respect her. And right. for me, like just the biggest thing is after having three kids, it's like, the interactions that she has with our kids are the things that are shaping them most. Cause she spends all day with them. And like, it's just, just treasure the relationship as much as you possibly can because yeah. she means everything.
2: And I would build mm. off of that and say, um, the relationship matters and my pride and ego doesn't. Oh, that's good. Because in yeah. the early years, it's like, who's going to win this fight? Because that's what yeah. you hear from culture and like movies and all this kind of stuff. It's like, I won, I won the fight. And it's like, that's not the point. The point is, and I can't, Michael, I can't remember if you told me this, but somebody said that an older couple, um, was at a marriage conference and somebody asked, what's the what's the, um, a piece of advice you would give married couples? And anytime that they had a conflict or something that they weren't on the same page about, they prayed to be on the same page. So it didn't matter that they were on the husband's page or the wife's page. They wanted to be on whatever the same page was, according to biblical truth. So mm-hmm. my pride and ego and Michael's pride and ego doesn't matter. It's preserving that relationship and how do we get on the same page? And that that's something that I wish that I could definitely tell my younger self.
0: (laughs) That is good. That is, Yeah. And that definitely wasn't me because that sounds awesome. And I've never heard it before.
2: Oh, (laughs) OK. I heard it from somebody else, but it's good.
3: Yeah. We used to say, um, stop keeping score and learn to lose count. Mm -hmm. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that one is. It was important for us because you know that was me. I mean, yeah. I'm just
3: because <laughs> Rhonda can argue with a stop sign, people. Yeah, that I, is the a, say, a stop sign. Why did you ask me to stop? Stop sign. Because <laughs> I'm always on the go, <laughs> and she wins with the stop sign. Come on.
2: Okay, stop just it. go on by. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's tough right there.
3: Right. <laughs> that
1: was the younger me that was like, I've gotten so much better oh my god i got so much better. that was prayer because you know we, we always say this like you know Jesus knew us but we don't know if I knew Jesus as well back then and so I needed prayer <laughs> to get through because I was so rough on Connell in the very beginning but yeah I would probably say that too I would say like you know what is the what is our end goal is our end goal to win together or someone to lose the fight you know mm-hmm. I, I would rather us Win together. So, and I feel like we're doing that now, but it did take a couple of years, you know, especially for me to get that figured out.
3: I think that's anybody though, because I mean, if you really think about it, like you don't know how to love somebody like you just finished loving yourself. Mm-hmm. So, to let somebody into your circle, to love on them like you love yourself, mm-hmm. I mean, initially that's just hard. Mm-hmm. And you grow in love. Right. Like, I don't love you the same way I do now that I did almost 12 years ago. Yeah. I love you so much more. <laughs> but He's I had to flirting get, with I have, me right now. <laughs> just want you to know that was great. <laughs> but I had to get to that point, you know. So it it's just growth. Yeah. And being willing to grow. Yes.
1: That's yes. real love. Are you willing to go out of your comfort zone for someone else? Because if you're not willing to change, then why are you getting married? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, seriously, it's, it's about changing. It's about you taking a little bit of them and them taking a little bit of you and then you become something brand new, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love that.
0: That That's really awesome. I would say for myself, I've definitely learned, if you would ask me in 2011, like, hey, are you are you patient? I would say, yeah, I'm really patient. I'm, I'm good, um, but there's nothing like living with another person to reveal those things. Is like, yeah, that was not true, and it continues to be something I'm really working on. But um, yeah, you'll all of your things that you thought you were good at will be revealed when you're uh, in early marriage. So. Yeah.
1: So true. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Yes, you'll learn it very quick, and, it, and then you'll get constant reminders all the way through. Like, oh man, that that used to be my jam. I guess it's not right. <laughs> I guess it's not gonna work for me. But no, that's the truth. Like, um, we, it's something we say to a lot of our our students in in our class. We say, you know, whenever you're marrying someone, and if it's something that you don't like about them when before you get married, when you get married, it amplifies, you know, it yes. amplifies whatever your traits are, whether they be good or bad. So you're going to see them on the regular basis. And then you're going to say, oh, okay, that's who you are. Because after a while, you know, that romance period stops and the power struggle phase
2: begins. Yes. That reminds me of when people say too, like, "Oh, just have a baby; it'll solve things." It's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> really? You, oh that, is, that is the worst advice oh, I've god. ever heard in you my life. It is the worst.
1: Who said that? I would want to find them and be like, "Do you? Did you do that? Was that your remedy?" Oh my god! <laughs> no. I think it was
3: something like the fifties and sixties.
1: Probably so? <laughs> it probably was.
2: It's the worst advice.
1: The worse because you know what happens? It, it creates that silver splitter situation. You know, the highest divorce rate is in, are for couples that are in their 60s and 70s, because now they're looking at one another and they don't have anything in common. The kids are gone. The grandkids may be gone or about to leave. And they realize they don't really like each other. And, and seriously, that's the truth. I would never. That is the worst advice. So we sad. need to go and just we got to go talk to that person and say, don't do that. You're setting us up for failure. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. We've talked about that phenomenon a few times on previous episodes. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you can't, you cannot make the identity of your marriage and relationship, the kids, like that's a huge part of who you are and you know what you're doing, but you can't let the relationship between you two also just die on the vine.
1: No. That's true. No, because they have to see you. You have to give them an example to know. You know, it's so funny. <laughs> this is so bad, but I guess it's funny, though. But it's my youngest, my um, son, Aiden. He, um, it was when he was in preschool and he went to preschool and the teacher gives me a call in the middle of the day while I was at work. And I'm like, what's going on? She said, we need you to come up to the school. We have to talk to you about Aiden. it's very important. She said, okay. And I come up to the school, I called Connell. I was like, do you know what this is about? He was like, no, but you know, let me know. Cause I can't get out in enough time. So I go down there to see at the school and he's sitting there and he's sitting across from this little girl named Amelia and uh, I asked her you know what was going on his teacher at the time and she said well Aiden has been giving Amelia these passionate kisses (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I said what do you mean passionate what do you mean like he he's too small he doesn't know what that is she was like no this is what he does and so they, they I'm sorry you got they had cameras and so I go to look on the camera and he pulls he pushes her hair over her um shoulders and moves, oh my god he moves moves it and then he puts his hands on both side of her face and just pulls her in and she just she lets him do it and he's just kissing her and just holding it. And I'm like, and so I said, they said they asked him why he did it. He said, My mommy and daddy did that.
0: Now, Connell, she this said, is when you say, Yeah, that he gets that from me.
3: He did get it honest, but this was way before the Me Too
1: movie. No, 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 he did. He, he got done. it honest.
3: Though. I mean, that's and you want that though. If you want kids to see what love is and want to exemplify that and want that for themselves we ask them all the time like tell me what your um what your wife's going to look like and like we ask them what they're what they're going to name their kids you know we we speak into their future
1: yeah we do we do because we want them to understand that love you know conquers all we just want them to understand it like it never fails babies like love is the strongest weapon on the earth and they and they know that but the, the kissing thing I mean I was just mm. totally out there That is that. hilarious. I was really and she and I wanted a copy of it is that wrong? <laughs> like you guys me is that wrong? Like, but she wouldn't give me a copy. She was like that was against state regulations. I was like why?
3: A million no she liked my baby. <laughs> <She did. laughs> <She did. laughs> Who wouldn't like my baby?
2: yeah so hey yeah. but setting a good example of for like you two setting a good example for your boys is uh, such a big part of breaking any generational sins seriously so like right. that's that's while he needs to ask permission and probably not that young i'd be like my I how my daughter I said you're not dating until you're 45 uh we'll talk about it later but you know break it it's so like breaking those generational sins is so important. And the best way to do that is by example. you're just like, I've yeah, been leading my family by example. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Maybe not that young,
1: but he, <laughs> Is it wrong? If, hey, I thought he was, he looked pretty good at when it. When you, like, oh you know,
3: you know. He knew it five. He just knew like this, she's the one. Now what if it comes full circle like 20 years from now and we'll be like, see, look let's, what God can do.
1: Let's wait for it, baby. Let's <laughs> wait for it. I need time. I, I'm not ready for that. That's my baby. I can't do it yet. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. I wish he would have gave me that video. That would have been awesome to show him. That's hilarious.
2: <laughs> well, tell me, tell me what, did did we cover your number three or do you have a number three? We did. And you kind of touched on it um, when you
1: were talking about with, you know, the time with the kids. Um, I would have told my younger self um, at the time I was very, very, very career driven. I think um, I felt as though when we first got married, I felt like I had something to prove, you know, like Connell was doing when he had moved over to his new job. He was doing so well there. I wanted the same thing I wanted to, to do very well and I was excelling so much that I was missing that valuable time with the, with the boys. Um, I would be out very early in the morning, like six in the morning, and then I was coming home and they were getting tucked in their beds. And so I was finding I was missing valuable time. And I would probably tell my younger self, um, that not only Rhonda, maybe take a chill pill, you know, again, and just say, hey, not only are you missing this valuable, wonderful time with your children that you won't be able to get back, but you're you're creating some space between you and your husband. And in all the enemy, we always say this in our class, all the enemy needs is a crack. And I don't want to create a bigger crack in order to allow any type of grievances to set in. And so I would have said that to myself in the very beginning, like, Hey, you know what? I'm glad that you have have dreams and things that you want to excel for, but you know, money's not everything, you know, it does not buy happiness. You know, it just doesn't, it's not even possible. Um, and so I, I just would have said that to myself. I, I don't know if you agree um, with that kind or not, but I felt like that was a really, that was a really tough period. It didn't last long, thank God, right. but I think it lasted long enough.
3: No, it was. And um, I, I I totally agree with the fact that, you know, as a young black professional woman at that, in a men's environment, you saw that you had to go the extra mile. So if they were putting in 40 hours, you were putting in 60 and it was just, I mean, and then you weren't afraid of hard work. Like you've been working your whole life, mm-hmm. um, even back when you were like fourteen, you started working before it was legal. So <laughs> I, I don't, I just think that was that's your nature, you know. If it's work to be done, you would get it done. And I mean, it did start to take its toll a little bit. And I was, I myself, early on in the relationship, I was taking it for granted. That you worked so much, and I was with the boys so much, so it kind of felt like a different reversal of a role. Mm-hmm. It, it felt some type of way, mm-hmm. but then we talked about it and we established again another boundary mm-hmm. that you know work doesn't come home and work needs to end when work hours end yeah. because that, that was another thing she would bring work home because in the environment that we were in at the time because we, we started off together, but in that environment you couldn't help but bring it home because. They knew they had your phone number. So they would be calling at all times like this, this, this and this didn't get done. Mm -hmm. And so when work ended at six, when you got home, it carried on to at least 10. Mm -hmm. And so there was no time for us. Yeah. And then at one point early in our marriage, when our son was old enough to talk, he had said something to Rhonda that really kind of like like really kind of.
1: Yeah. It like broke um,
3: it broke her down. It made her really realize what she was working for wasn't what she really needed. And I'll let her kind of explain that.
1: Yeah. I I was doing some reports and I remember I was trying I was going for another position. I was going for a regional position and I had already had a district position, but I really wanted this regional position. And so I was just I was working and typing and typing. I had came home. I remember hugging them and I ran right into the office and just started working and Ethan, my oldest came to me (laughs) and still breaks my heart today. Uh, He uh, came to me and just said, mom, and was knocking on the door and I was like, yeah, yeah. And I remember not even really looking up. And uh, he said, ma, I just wanted to know if you had time for a hug. Um, if I, if, if you don't have time, it's okay. And, um, I was just like, no, I always got time for a hug. And I just realized that my priorities were completely off. You know, they were just completely off. And um, I said to him, you know what? Come over here. And I, I remember just hugging him in my arms. I remember just leaving the paperwork there and I just held him all night. And then the next the next day I had applied for another position Um, For a totally different company because I had been offered this position before, but I had turned it down and said to myself, like, and said, like, hey, you know, I, I thought it was not the path I wanted to take. So I didn't take that role. And but I applied for that. And I tell you guys, I got offered the job like the very next day. And so I ended up having all this free time, but I was making more money. And I have more free time. And I just felt like my relationship with my children just excelled from that point right? uh, because I made a choice. But I wish if I could have told my younger self, I wish I would have made that choice a lot sooner.
3: Right.
2: Oh, I'm over here crying.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Not even kidding.
2: (laughs) Man, what is it? Out of the mouth of babes? Is that what it is? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that one broke my heart. Every time I like I think about it, I even really don't try and talk about that one because I just feel so um I still have, you know, guilt, you know, from that. Like and I ask God to take that from me. But um when I see them now and I see everything that they've become and they're just such wonderful little men and I feel like, okay, I did something right, you know, I did something right. Oh, we did something right, you know. Um so I, I just always ask for forgiveness and kind of always tells me, well, they don't even remember anymore. I, you just got to start working on not remembering. But you know how that goes <laughs> as a mom. Yes.
0: But here's the thing to remember too with that is, you know, when that happened, that's that's in the distant past. You were hearing that from a little guy, single digits, years old. How beautiful <laughs> yes. to hear that from him then when you can and you did make a change instead of hearing it from a 45 year old son and you, it was too late to do anything about it. So consider yourself so, sure. so, so fortunate in that way. Like you, you heard him, you felt that tug on your heart and you did something about it and it's awesome. And, and look at the, look at the changes that have happened because of that. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That's, I agree.
1: That's a good, that's great advice. <laughs> it's great advice. Mm. I'm going to take, take that and I'm going to sleep on that one.
0: <laughs> For real?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, I, I always think about um, cause I had a job that was a, that was a um, job from home when um, I got it before we had our daughter. And then I think I left that job when she was about six months old or so, but the job kept bleeding over Um, to family time and, and now the, the woman I worked for, I still have a great relationship with, I've known her my entire life, but, um, I I did have to tell her like, look, I've got, I've got strict work hours. And so anything after this, don't give out my personal cell phone, all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. that actually changed the culture of the company, um, that I worked for at the time. But when I finally left that job, a very, um, sweet friend who is my parents' age, she said, you know, nobody ever sits on their deathbed and wish they had worked more. They always mm. wished that they had been either more involved in their marriage or their family. Like they, they right. went for wow. more time. And cause you know, it's That's like good. if I'm not working, I'm not bringing home that money. Um, but the more important thing was to, for us was for me to be a stay at home mom. And so we just adjusted And that really, that really hit home. That advice is like, yeah, I'm not going to be on my deathbed and wish that I had worked more. I'm going to be thankful that I made that course correction and invested in my family. And that's something that you did. You know, that's like Michael said, it's amazing that you did it then. And that the Lord spoke to you through your son at that time, instead of creating that culture it within your family to where who knows how many generations that could have affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It, it,
1: it seriously does. Cause we, we talk about that a lot in, um, our class setting and stuff, but we talk about generational blessings and generational, you know, curses and things that you can, if you, you don't know how one, you know, one sin begets a curse. And so you want to make sure that you watch what you do and what you say to your children. And so, you know, yeah, we've seen our family, um, from this time, like my parents have, have been together. My husband's, uh, family was, you know, his parents were technically married for a long time prior to them splitting up or separating. But over that, everyone prior to them, my, my, uh, parents uh grandparents or so were married um almost 40 years on both sides and then above that too so it's a generations of marriage has gone into our family and and same thing on my husband's side and so you know how you if you start putting cracks into your family um, early on and your children see something different than from what you are, you know, your actions don't line up to what you're saying about marriage, then they're going to have a false belief or they're going to resent it and not want to be a part of it. And so it, it's been vital, I would say, in our our relationship. The one thing we want is we want them to understand the value of love and marriage. Yes. It's so vital. It's so vital because we want them to make sure that they make it better and stronger for the next generation and and whomever they may come in contact with. Because, you know, just because you have a marriage that is strong, sometimes and, and my husband says it to you guys all the time, you guys are such great examples, but you never know what an impression your marriage makes on someone else who's looking from afar that you have no idea about. And that's why it's so important that we, we really put be that beacon of light when it comes to marriage and love. I agree. Um, it's awesome. I love
2: that. I love that. And I, I, I want to segue into our challenge because we do a challenge every episode. Uh, Cause I love, <laughs> I love like actionable things because sometimes I hear stuff and I'm like, What do I do with that? But here's what I I want our listeners to do with that. In the next seven days, set aside some time with your spouse and talk about three things you wish you could have told your younger self. I think this is a good exercise to celebrate how much you've grown. Now, if you're struggling and you do not feel like you have grown in your marriage i want to encourage you to pray over these things that we've shared today and implement them into your marriage because i think what we've shared collectively is is good it is good good stuff and it's and it's just from experience like don't make the mistakes that we've made you know um and so i just want to encourage everyone who's listening i think this is a really really good topic to talk about with your spouse and definitely do it in the next 7 days don't say oh i'll get around to it no in the next 7 days it is just put it in action start the conversation and um Connell and Rhonda, I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um you guys can find us at our on our
1: website which is m e t o w e l o v e which is me to we love.com. But most importantly, you can find us on our web our podcast which is me to we talk podcast and we air every Saturday and we love love. So if you love love and you want to tell the truth cuz we promise to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So, so help, help me god. god. You guys would say that I'm like it out over here.
2: <laughs> we thought you were gonna say it with us. We we're waiting.
0: <laughs> I was so tempted to. I just,
2: you guys uh, do it so well, and I'm like over here, like like lip i'm saying it but nothing's coming out of my mouth i'm just like yes.
0: wait let's do it again <laughs> let's do it as a group Okay, okay yeah. you ready? Ready.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> well you can come to the me to we talk podcast where we promise to tell you the
3: truth the whole truth
1: and nothing but the truth so, so help, help me god, god.
2: Yes. <laughs> yay okay, my yeah. dreams have come true oh. <laughs>
0: Yay. For you Marriage Talk listeners, I can't recommend the Me to We Talk podcast more. It has been a huge blessing to Elizabeth and I. And go out there, get on your phone, whatever podcast app you use, subscribe to our friends here. You will be blessed for it and you won't regret it for sure
2: and with with that you guys thank you so much for listening if you like the episode please share it with a friend that is the best way to help others find marriage talks podcast you can also follow us on instagram and facebook we will leave show notes we will leave links in the show notes for not only us but also connell and Rhonda. thanks you guys so much for listening